Hi, and welcome to My Unknown Truth, a podcast that focuses on individuals and how they have navigated their unique adoption story. My name is Nadia Levitt. While going through my own adoption journey, I wanted to create a space for others to share their adoption journey too. In today's episode, I speak with Alex, who discovers as an adult that her mother, Julie, was adopted. It is a story of their positive experiences spanning three generations. Alex, thank you so much for allowing me to interview you. And as you know, we've known each other for a few years through yoga. We did our yoga teacher training together, our elective. And then we caught up a couple of years later. And then you were on this sort of journey with your mum being adopted. And it's not your adoption story, but you're a part of that because you're sort of the next generation down wanting to know. So I wanted to see if you can share a little bit about your story. Yeah. 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 So um, I guess it's it's even just funny hearing you say, oh, your adoption story, because in my mind, it's not really my adoption story. And I kind of don't even look at it like that. I guess, yeah, like start at the beginning. So I found out that my mum was adopted kind of later in life. So I think I was about 19 or 20 when she told us. That's my brother and I. And it was a total shock and a total surprise. I was really, really close with my grandparents growing up. And, you know, that meant the world to me. It was really, really close, tight-knit family. And so finding that out was just such a floor drop. It honestly just felt like you told me, you know, the colour of the sky was like red. And I was like, no, it's blue. These are my grandparents. Mm. I guess that's where it started. What was it with her, with your mum that told you at that particular time? I've been trying to think about like what prompted her to do this, but I was living at home at the time and I came in with some mail and I saw there was a, a piece of mail for mum, which was from the bowel cancer foundation or something. And I was like, oh, mum, like you got a letter from the bowel cancer foundation. Have you had some tests done? Because Nana had bowel cancer. And she was like, oh, no, like that's just like standard. You know, like the government just sends you that when you turn a certain age. But, you know, um, I, I even though Nana had bowel cancer, I, I'm not at risk because I was adopted. Oh. And so it came out like it that. It came out like that. And I, wow. I like turned to my brother and I was like, oh, yeah, like get this. Like mum was adopted. And we kind of joked about this for about five minutes. And then it just kind of clicked. And I was like, are you what? And, you know, she kind of like she's like, OK, like, I, you know, we were meaning to sort of tell you, you know, it's at some sort of time. And I think it must have sort of been on her mind maybe that just kind of felt like the right time that's how it came out um how old's your brother he's four years younger than me so I would have been I think I was 19 so he would have been 15 Mm. um 15 or 16 and I think I don't know he's he's in for like sort of cool calm and collected about it but I was really I think You know, I sort of asked at the time, like, why didn't you tell us growing up? I had just had absolutely no idea. Mm. And she said, I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to, you know, when you were growing up, I didn't want you to sort of feel any distance or like any less like love for your grandparents. And as I said, we were so close growing up. You know, it's hard to say whether that would have affected me when I was younger because, 
finding out later in life it was almost the opposite where I was like I just feel so lucky that we ended up with these two amazing people as our grandparents and it's almost kind of had the opposite effect but it's hard to say how that might have affected me if I kind of knew that from the beginning Um, but definitely when I found out it was like um what (laughs) yeah wow are you serious so I guess um, timing is questionable you know I guess when is the right timing in and there's no real real right answer for that Mm -hmm. and I guess when something like a a health medical thing comes up maybe it was an indication that this was the right time so it might have come from her end that her feeling this is the right time to tell you. I don't wish it any like differently and I don't sort of blame her or anything it was honestly just such a mental I don't know if I should say this, but it was such a mind fuck. I was just like, are you kidding? Like, yeah. no, yeah. no, this, I don't know. It just, just your mind kind of has shifts. a shift. Yeah. Just, and yeah. you know, you do kind of start to wonder like, oh, well, what else? And I mean, thankfully nothing <laughs> that like amazing. Like, that's sort of, it. I promise you there's that's nothing. It. Oh. Yeah. So I look, I totally respect her decision to, you know, tell us when she did. But yeah, just, I mean, the timing of that then, like, I feel like, the ball kind of started to roll kind of quickly. I think I found out, and I guess at at the time, like my grandparents were sort of getting older. It was, it was probably only two years after that, that pop died. And I guess the next kind of step was after pop died. So I was probably like 21 then. So like two years later, we had to sell their house and we're going through all their old stuff and mum found her adoption papers. Mm. So I don't think she'd ever seen them before. And I don't know, it was kind of like this little breadcrumb of information Mm. for me because it had her biological mother's name on it. And it was this big kind of very like foreign sounding name and your brain kind of just goes wild. You're yeah. like, oh, where, like, who is this woman? Yeah, like, it's where like do mystery. It's like a little mystery. You yeah. know, like, where do, I don't know, where do I come from? Yeah, that was sort of the first little breadcrumb. I had a name. And I think at the time, yeah, I sort of like, you know, kind of not pressured mum, but I was like, oh, why don't you, like, do you want to try and like look for her? Are you interested in that? And mum was very much like, no, you know, I don't, you know, at the time, Pop had just died and my grandma was, you know, she kind of had dementia and was sort of in like the later stages of her life. And I think at the time mum thought that would be kind of disrespectful and a bit traumatising to Nan. Hmm. So I just kind of took that away and I was like, okay, fine, mum's not interested, but I can always just do a bit of searching online. What's there to stop me? You know, and I mean, you just, what with a name, like what do you think you can get back and of you know. course, like the first place I went to was Facebook and, ah, <laughs> and I, didn't, I didn't find anything. Because oh. she also had such a unique name. When I Googled her, there was some information with the Victorian Records Department. So they've got all the old immigration papers and stuff like that. I managed to find, I guess, like a old record of arrival of this woman and a man who was two years older than her who had the same last name and kind of similar, you know, they arrived in, I think, in Melbourne at the same time on the same ship. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my grandparents. I know 
I think it was in 1959 they arrived. I had the name of the ship that they arrived on. Wow. So much info at one time. Yeah. And I mean, kind of amazing that it's all like publicly available. But yeah, I now like had a lead of like two names, their date of birth or their age when they arrived here and the name of the ship that they came on. So then I started to just have a look at the the ship and the um, there was another Victorian Records webpage which was about this passenger ship that in the 50s and 60s was travelling between Germany and the Netherlands and Australia, kind of like after the Second World War. And there was like information about the ship itself and then in the comment section at the bottom there was all these people saying, oh, I arrived you know, in 1958 on on this ship and I was, you know, eight years old, reconnect if you were there. And, you know, people were reaching out and finding each other. So mm-hmm. I kind of just thought, okay, absolute stab in the dark. Hi, I think these are my grandparents, you know, would love to get in touch. Let me know, um, you know, reach out if, if, if you know anything about these people. And it's a really old website, so you don't get, like, a notification if someone responds to you. You kind of have to, like, go in and and see every, you know, check every day. So I probably did that for, like, a week to see if I got any response. And then after a week I thought, oh, well, they're never going to find this person. They might not even still be alive. So that kind of got put to rest for a while. And then it was about six months later I got a call from mum and she was like, oh, my biological mum has tried to get in contact with me. Apparently someone, one of her relatives in Australia has let her know that her daughter's looking for her. What? And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Sprung. <laughs> yeah. Cause what? So you were doing this without her knowledge. So you were yeah. doing this search without her knowing. <laughs> because oh. I really just thought, I just, I didn't yeah. expect to find what I found. Yeah. I never in a million years thought that we would ever kind of find this person without, you know, really extensively like going through the adoption agency or something. I was just doing my own random research. Then I guess it's six months after that, mum and Margaret made contact with each other um, and that was all kind of organised through the Australian Adoption Agency mm-hmm. and they had to do a whole bunch of paperwork because I think, again, like something I found out today, when mum was 22, my grandma kind of asked her to put a veto on her biological mum reaching out to her. So contacting her through the adoption agency because I think at the time all of that was kind of very like closed off and closed door kind of thing. So mum did that when she was, yeah, quite young. And when Marguerite reached out through the adoption agency, I think they had both had to go through like quite a lot of work to kind of actually undo some like that veto thing. Mm. Um, so they eventually made contact, I think maybe like, a year or six months after that, M- Margaret, who lives in the US now, she came over to Sydney and we met her and her husband and her adopted daughter. Wow. Um, oh my God. Yeah, so it's like full circle yeah, <laughs> adoption yeah. story. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. Like it was kind of amazing to see that she was, I don't know, like, yeah, like a real person and they was kind of so nice and... I don't know, it's kind of like two families meeting on this really kind of like 
strange connection but you know you do kind of form a strong connection kind of quickly yeah Um, because it's like a bloodline isn't it it's a bloodline even though you haven't met before you just have this instant acknowledgement or connection or Mm. um you can I guess you could form a bond maybe or you're more open to forming a bond a lot quicker knowing the fact that you know this is my blood and you know want to get to know you a bit more and I think it's funny that your grandma adopted yeah so daughter or son a daughter yes wow she I think her and her husband had trouble conceiving so they yeah ended up adopting a daughter who's not that much older than I am so she's probably only a couple of years older than I am so yeah it's kind of funny because it it does feel like everyone you know I guess like mum and Margaret are kind of like you know, reconnecting later in life. Like mum was, you know, in those like mid fifties when all of this happened, like everyone's kind of got their life and has their family and, you know, it kind of does feel almost like two families kind of meeting each other. Like an addition. Like an addition. addition. Yeah. 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 And just sort of embracing it. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've met, um, we've met up with the family, um, a couple of times, you know, maybe a year or so after that, we went to the States to stay with them. Um, and mom and dad have met up with Margaret and her husband in Europe. Cause I guess, yeah, it's been interesting also like learning about my biological grandma's journey. So she grew up in the Netherlands, I guess, kind of like around the time of the second world war. And I think after that, I think her mother had passed away and her and her brother had come to Australia. She was 19 and her brother was 21. So that was the name on the arrival document. So that wasn't my grandparents. That was Margaret and her brother arriving in Sydney. Oh, sorry, in Melbourne. So, yeah, so she'd come here as a young woman Um, I guess fell pregnant and gave mum up for adoption through the church and then she ended up going to America and working as a nanny for a while and I think the family she was nannying with like put her through law school which is where she met her now husband Um, and she's lived in the States ever since so (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Gosh. And I guess she's had a really interesting life and I don't know it does feels like a like a little piece of the puzzle almost has sort of been filled I don't know too well I don't really know anything about my biological grandfather um and that's all I guess a bit of a sensitive topic with that I'm like that's between mum and Margaret to kind of you know when Margaret's like ready yeah Yeah. to to share that like Yeah. yeah Yeah, so so there's n- been no names or anything or no, I think nationality was, would have been Australian? Be- or? <laughs> He's been described as a very honourable Australian man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we'll oh. just like take that <laughs> for what it is. So I find it interesting that your grandma got a notification or a call from someone in Australia to let her know so who was that person I was talking to mum this morning and trying to like jot all the details together again so Margaret's brother and he lived in Australia so the one that she traveled here with when she was a young girl 
he lived in Australia his whole life and um, I think he had like four wives. So he's got a very extended family. Right. There's lots of cousins. So <laughs> I think actually they weren't necessarily that surprised when like this sort of mystery daughter showed up because I think, you know, when you've got, you know, lot, you know, they're kind of used to having a very like blended family. So I think it was one of the cousins in Australia and I'm not, I'm not really sure what prompted her to kind of go looking. Maybe she was putting together a family tree or something, but she saw the comment that I'd left and let's, so isn't it? That's, I'm it's sorry, so that's weird. So, yeah. And that is very strange. Well, like, or serendipitous or whatever the, whatever it is that's it's like it's kind of spooky yeah and I was talking to mum about it this morning and she told me something else which just made me go like oh my god what like this is such a weird story I guess at the time like there was just kind of a lot of change happening in my family like pop had died we'd sold the house nana got moved into um, a nursing home I think you know mum had kind of you know, like lost a job and was looking after Nan and she, so I think it was like a lot of change happening for her. Like at that time, like during her time off from work, she ended up taking a six month trip through Europe on her own, um, which I think was a bit of a, like later in life <laughs> kind awesome. of, yeah, love to do that. I know. I <laughs> go mom. Yeah, exactly. Get but out there. She told me today, she was like, Oh, I don't know why I did this, but I took my adoption papers with me. And I was like, "What? Like, why did you do that?" She's like, "I don't, I don't know. I just sort of had this feeling, like, I don't know, maybe, you know, if I saw a name, you know, because we kind of by that point, I guess I should say, like, at this point, we'd only really like had this really long name of her biological mother, and at the time, I was dating a Dutch guy, and he was like, "That's a seriously Dutch name. Like, <laughs> your grandma is Dutch." So I, th- I don't know, I think maybe mum like went to Europe on this trip. Like I don't think that was the cause of it, but I think she just kind of had this little like seed in the back of her mind. Mm. And apparently she had a moment, she told me this this morning, she was sitting at a tram stop um, in Amsterdam and this Dutch lady t- turned to her and started talking to her in Dutch. And she was like, oh, sorry, I don't, like I don't speak Dutch. She goes, oh, you've got a really Dutch face. And mum was like, hmm, okay, like, you know. Yeah, and then just the processing of that, thinking, well, yeah. Yeah, and just all these little, I don't know, I just feel like all these little seeds were just sort of being planted very Mm -hmm. serendipitously and with very little expectation as well that we would ever find Margaret or that that anything would kind of come of it. Mm. And then, I don't know, next thing you know, she's on a plane to Sydney and she's there with her family and... We're all meeting, so yeah. I like I like that story because it, you know, I guess for some people, they go on such a deep search that lasts for a really long time, and sometimes they might not ever get to see mm. um, who they need to see or want to see. But it just seemed like you were curious. You just had a little dabble at a search, made a comment, and then someone was just so happened to be on the same kind it's of so weird, yeah, yeah, same kind of energy level or something, and then. Yeah. For, for then her to then call your grandma <laughs> and then for that to then, yeah. you know, for her to respond. Because it's one thing when you go for the search, it's another thing whether it's reciprocated. Mm. So I think for an yeah. adopted person, if you, if for me, like, you know, you go on this search because you desperately want to see who they are and, you know, it's like a reflection of you and what you're about. But then 
it's like a second rejection if they don't want to um, pursue it at the same time as you or, yeah. you know, because they inevitably they did decide yeah. to put you up for adoption to begin with. They yeah. might not want to have that relationship. So is your mum relieved that this I, process happened? Now, yes. I think that really played in her head. We didn't know she was adopted. So I think in her mind... She very much grew up in a family. I think she felt really grateful to grow up in such a, like, a loving family. And, you know, it's kind of like, don't, like, why? I don't need this. I don't need, I don't know, I don't need to go looking for anything. And I think, like, her brother, so she has an adopted brother as well from another family, um, and her sort of best friend from uni, who's my godmother, she's also adopted. And I think they both separately had... I guess kind of like less ideal reconnections with their biological. Uh, And I think mum just kind of looked at that and said, I don't need that or I don't, I especially don't want to do that while my my parents are still alive. Mm. Because you don't know what the ramifications would be. Like it could, um, you know, there's a sense of trauma or it could bring Mm. up past traumas or it could just stir up something. Maybe she thought, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know, everything's kind of moving along nicely. I think, maybe the upheaval of everything changing so quickly it was maybe more just like a an allowance like I think maybe her stance shifted from a hard no to okay you know let's <laughs> open the doors to this yeah well I, she I think at the time she really said to me like not yet not while Nana is still alive and like I felt so like I mean I really didn't think I would find anything all you have is a name and maybe the fact that like I don't know, like it was kind of this sort of foreign name and, you know, as when I found the the documents, I was like, oh, she's obviously come as a really young age, you know, from abroad. Like, I, I don't know, like the, just, there was just something kind of, uh, there was something there. It's too tempting. It was just too, too tempting. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know when information gets sort of brought to the table like that or blurted out or just in the mm. moment questions would start looming in your mind and or they had mm. they did but what about your brother did he have any questions or was he just chill and just like yeah I, kinda <sighs> like- I think look my brother is so much like my mum they're just very I'm so envious of this but they're just very like happy-go-lucky just get on with it kind of people and I feel like I'm just this like insatiable curiosity like <laughs> I need to know yeah, I just want to know I just want to yeah. know so I think that he I think he probably had a similar idea to mum which is like you know that's great if we find you know if we do find a biological grandma but you know, I don't really know. We weren't talking about it, you know, so I don't know if he was also asking similar questions, you know, and it's been interesting to sort of see like, you know, the relationship kind of develop with our, like our biological grandma and her family. I don't know, everyone is a bit older and I don't think there is that same, I think also because, you know, it was sort of prompted by a grandchild like I obviously feel a degree of separation. Like I'm not necessarily searching for something that I think my mum would have been searching for. So, and and I don't know if that maybe played into it as well. I don't know. Like it sounds bad to say that, but no one needed anything or there wasn't sort of a, I don't know, maybe it was like a little bit less emotionally charged, especially because it was all happening. You know, mum was in her mid to late 50s, Margaret was in her late 70s. You know, everyone's kind of 
quite established in their life and it feels kind of like a group of adults like <laughs> like wow okay getting cool. together having a meet up and yeah and genuinely so lucky that like they're such like lovely people and so good to get along with and you know we've gone on all these like international trips together and yeah like it's it, insane wow yeah yeah that's yeah. amazing yeah. It's like such a, yeah, it's a definitely like a unique story. And how does your mum feel now about you <laughs> speaking out with me and having I think a chat? She's, and- well, one thing she said this morning, she was like, I think it's good to talk about these things. Families are so complicated and complex and rich and colourful. And I think being able to talk about that in in a more open way Whatever that looks like, I think that's something to maybe take away, you know, from all these stories is there can be something kind of cathartic about sharing and opening up to. Thanks for listening. Join us next time on My Unknown Truth to hear more journeys of courage and resilience.